Hello, and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 220. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Ian. Greetings and salutations, everyone. And Mad Cat. Greetings, salutations, and hello. And How's it go? You just have to one-up me, don't you? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and of course, we have the dumbass himself. Now we're cooking with oil. Okay. Yeah. I endorse cooking with oil. How's everybody doing? Doing, uh, doing pretty good. Right. So, uh, so have you been getting a lot of uh, yard work done, Ian? Can you see your yard, or is there still too much snow yeah. on it? <laughs> no, the snow hasn't been too bad. So, so has uh, has your blizzard melted all the way? Yeah. Oh, the blizzard wasn't anything here. Oh, really? You didn't get okay. No, a bit, um, bit wet and mushy, and windy for an afternoon, but um, nothing really stuck and. So no, here was pretty mild. And what do you guys, did you guys get uh, get hit in that with in Canada as well? Well, down in um, down south of Alberta, uh, okay. uh, Edmonton. I mean, sorry. Okay. Down south of Edmonton, between Edmonton and Calgary, they did get a fair amount of snow. We haven't had much snow lately, but we, it's been pretty rainy. Okay. Well, it's rainy here in Houston, but that's you know that's typical. Albeit oh, last nice. night it got down to forty six degrees, which doesn't sound like much, but in Houston in April, that's a that's lower than than you'd expect it to get. So yeah, so I've been doing yard work and going oh, through guys. stuff in the garage, all that good stuff. We'll have to be doing that soon as well because we actually have a backyard now. Yay! Yay! That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Except for cleaning it up. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to maintain it. And you're, you're, you you rent? Are you? A yeah, renter? we rent. Yeah. So I always yeah. felt like you don't want to do too much, right? Because you're mm-hmm. renting. Um, but you want but, it nice. But you want it nice enough, right? You want to keep it nice enough, you know, and, and you don't want to violate your lease and all of that. I feel differently about when it's like, now this is my lawn, right? Anything mm-hmm. I do is, is, is for me. And so I, so I, you know, there's more stuff I want to do now than when I was a renter for sure. Well, yeah, because it's yours. There's exactly things you can change and things you can do whatever with, I suppose. Yeah. But I think we're probably going to. If anything, we might get a couple small plants that just, you know, makes bees go away because our room, our one roommate is allergic to bees and uh, wasps and stuff like that. Yeah, that could be a problem. Yeah. All right. Anything else going on? Just getting off a cold. Yeah. You're getting off a cold. Getting away from it. Oh, okay. Okay. Not getting it off. No. Because I wanted to know how that works. No, we've been plagued central in this household. Oh, <laughs> Every boy. one of us got this cold. So. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> My sister's not pleased with this, as you can hear. I can hear that. I can hear. So who is Patient Zero? Who brought it into the house? Um, Patient Zero. Hey, Twig, who do you think Patient Zero was? Um, Arla or Gord? Arla. Arla. I'm blaming Arla. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because her granddaughter, yeah, she got it from her granddaughter, uh, so you have to blame her. See, there's always a kid involved. <clears throat> exactly. Always. It's little ones. You let them near all those other, you know, body little rascals who don't use Purell all the time. I mean, they're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, I the, hate that. Yeah, Purell says don't take orally, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm. Every time I look at any of those containers of Purell or whatsoever, I always just, you know, don't let it 
don't put it in your eyes or mouth or anything. I'm like, you're putting it on Don't kids. you put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> Ian's going to be at Starfest. Oh, I'm sorry. You, gonna, okay, I was going to say Ian's going to be at Starfest in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I'm not a guest or anything. I'm just going uh, for fun. All right. Well, if you see him, track him down, ask about his glitter balls. <laughs> I haven't sent you any pictures on that oh, yet. Oh, God. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need them. <laughs> Oh, I think you do. We had, we did have that. So we had that, you know, that, t- and Ian hasn't been here. I, were you, well, maybe you have. So we had the, um, Madcap put this story in about the, the, the dogs and the glitter balls. And so I sent corn syrup and I did, I did sanding sugar. I didn't go with glitter. I went with sanding sugar because if you're going to ingest something, nobody really wants to eat glitter, even if it says it's technically food safe. So I sent him some hot pink, uh, sanding sugar. And some corn syrup so he could glitter his balls. Well, not him, so that Lorelai could glitter his balls. <laughs> right, so I got your undoing to get some pictures for you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, did, I, you know, I didn't say you had to use it for that. I <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> there was a whole thing on that podcast that we were going to do it, and we need the video evidence to show you that we did it. <laughs> That was true. You did say that. <laughs> no, these, these these photos went from, hey, do you want some photos? I went, no. He says, well, you're getting them anyway. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I, I probably deserve it. It's probably true. <laughs> you deserved it. <laughs> you did deserve to actually look at them. We're <laughs> <laughs> uh, now traumatizing all of our listeners by the idea of my balls with glitter on them, but... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, well, that's that's what we do. What's we traumatize our listeners. Dumbass. Hmm? Do you know the to and throw song? To uh, and fro? Okay, never mind. I do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? No. Yeah, I think it Can was. You, oh, the, 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 do your ears hang low? That one? Yeah. Yeah. Can you time yeah. in a knot? Can you time in a bow? Can you throw them over your shoulder like a continental soldier? Do your ears hang low? Yeah. That, that's the one. Is it relevant here? Um, I, the joke was in there, and then it kind of <laughs> left after I tried to get someone else to give me full information. Then <laughs> it's gone now. <laughs> it was supposed to be a joke. There All was right. supposed to be a joke in there. Well, do we have anything else going on? Nope. Okay. I well. think we're all good. All right. We can move on. Mad Cat, what time is it? Ah, it is the Ian and Dumbass Masturbation Moment brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Well, we're gonna we do the rah, 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 rah at the end, aren't you? <laughs> we'll keep it. <laughs> I, so, just I have a we have a couple of stories in here tonight for this. So, I put I the one I put in is is um, from Slate. So, Slate now has a sex column, and uh, so they, they've had so I've read some uh, some interesting stuff here. Mainly, my my wife reads the stuff, and then you know she tells me about it later because I usually don't read this stuff. Um, is it bad? Is he? Is it bad? I masturbate while listening to people next door having sex. So this 
this woman, she um, has neighbors who are, I don't know how noisy they are, but apparently they have pretty thin walls and she can hear them having sex and um, it doesn't bother her. And occasionally she's gone and she's, you know, she's masturbated while listening to it. And she had a friend over and her friend's like, what did she say? Um, my, uh, basically, don't you, you know, find that, I mean, she didn't say obnoxious, you know, don't, doesn't that you know, doesn't that bother you? And she says she told her friend, "No, I, it doesn't bother me." And occasionally, I masturbate to it. And her friend was apparently horrified by this idea that that she was invading these other pre, other these people's privacy and masturbating while they were having sex. They're there having seems sex to be a that has thin walls like that. Oh well. Well, yeah, that yeah, that was pretty much the advice coming back from whoever she wrote the letter to. Yeah, they they was... were. They, yeah, they they have to be aware the walls are thin. If they're being that noisy, you know that it, it, it's like an exhibitionist at that point. You know, I have been they're, in they're, this situation when I when I lived in an apartment complex. That my neighbors below me, they moved. You know, when they moved in, uh, and they the woman was a screamer, and we knew when they were having sex. And you know, I, I think occasionally we had sex. You know, because it's like well. You know, it's going on anyway, and sometimes we would just kind of laugh about it. It was just, you know, you know, we and we we'd see them the next day, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a part of life. I mean, you can choose to be embarrassed about it, or you can choose to just deal with it. And yep. I, and here's things that I was, I mean, there are some things that could potentially bother me, right? I mean, if you have a neighbor that's constantly playing their music too loud and stuff like that, but but people having sex never bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, hey, if it gets you going, I see no harm, no foul in that. Right, because I, but here's the 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 friend felt like they she was invading their privacy. I'm like, how the fuck could you be invading their privacy? And in if you went into their yeah. apartment, sure, but I mean, it's more likely to say that they're invading your privacy, right? That right, you know, their noise exactly. is intruding on your space. They're the ones yeah, you're, that are you're intruding. In, you're in the privacy of your own home, unless you cover your ears. I mean, right. You, you could cover your ears, you could listen to music, you could go out for a walk or something, but I mean, like, that's just an imposition on you. You don't have to do those things. There, there is no social, there, there, there are no social impetus for you to ignore those things. And if it gets you, if it gets you going, yeah, have an orgasm. Right, exactly. Have an orgasm with them. Yeah. You're not invading and their if, privacy. If you hear me, if you hear me having sex for, from another room and that turns you on, uh, I, I'm going to say, yeah, go, go ahead and have an orgasm with us. All right. This has got to be a big I, relief for Mad I Cat. I think the same thing when my sister and I lived together. When her and her boyfriend were upstairs, I'd just go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> and then go across the street, time how long things take, and then call them right at the worst moment, asking them. Oh. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay. I did do that. Did you? Did you ever get confirmation that uh, they were in the middle of, uh, like, almost there, and you just... <laughs> I did get confirmation of being yelled at, so I <laughs> guess it was about right. I think it's, it's it's different, too, when it's did somebody you know. The right time, or what? When we lived together, and you and what's-his-name were doing stuff, and I'd call and ask you if you wanted chips. You know, in all honesty, I don't remember. <laughs> Okay, that she locks out of her brain, but she doesn't lock out of her brain when I accidentally, we were doing laundry and I accidentally found this little, what was it, that, the maid outfit? <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't hers, it was her boyfriend's. Nice! <laughs> yep, <laughs> I'm sitting, standing there looking at it going, 
Oh. Jesus. And I started thinking of it on him. And then it was, um, <laughs> no, I don't want to think of him in that. That's very sex positive. Very good work. I approve. What? He had fake breasts. <laughs> he had fake breasts too. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they, they were much more adventurous than you want to give your sibling credit for sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be about it. <laughs> yeah, I I just w- didn't want to think of him in any of that stuff for, you know, the walking whatevers. Anyway, let's go on. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Move on after that. Sure. All right. Dumbass. What's going on in Poland? Ah, I am glad you asked. <laughs> Are you well, surprised me, that I asked? <laughs> watch me talk a bunch of stuff about Poland that has nothing to do with the article I posted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's this Polish supermodel, Anja Rubik, who has, she's, she's posted a number of sex education videos to deal with the, the situation in Poland uh, is apparently very... Uh, not very sex positive towards sex education. And she's made some uh, videos trying to uh, educate people uh, about sexuality and stuff and has been come down on very hard by the Polish government for it. Uh, They've got a very conservative government in place there right now. Uh, I I mean, I, I guess it's happening in the U.S. and Canada, too. We've got a guy down here, Doug Ford, who's trying to mess with sex education. But it's looking like it's much worse in uh, Poland. Yeah, I'm reading some of the stuff. Apparently, the narrative is homosexuality can be cured. Condoms are bad. The kids are told that the period is a bloody cry of the uterus missing a fetus. Ah, yeah. What the fuck? Missing a fetus. So the uterus cries because it didn't have a child in it. Yep, that's that's one of the things that apparently they're teaching over there. Really? Oh my goodness, God. Wow. That, that, that's their sex education program. That's the stuff that they, for some reason, uh, wow. Here's something well, sca- based on Jesus what you Christ was appointed as the official king. What? In Poland? This article, it's interesting some of the stuff it's claiming about Poland. It's like, wow, they're yeah. really backwards. Yeah, apparently, uh, Human Rights, Rights Watch uh, spoke out against Poland uh, for its. Uh, treatment of women's rights groups and such so what kinds of things are, are there some specific things that they are claiming that she's saying that are, are, are a problem uh there was one quote um uh, the politician was quoted as saying that uh that she was messing around with boys and girls identity so i'm assuming that that that's some sort of where, a video where she addressed transgender people and such well it sounded like even if she just addressed homosexuality as not being a horrible horrible thing I think there'd be people that would say that. It's like, oh my God, you're thinking homosexual. Ali's fine. Obviously, you have a problem with identity. Right. And so from the um, the Daily Mail article, and it says that the government officials that, let's see, basically that she's promoting pedophilia. And does that, and does that, and, and I don't know what, what they're claiming that based on, right? I, I got the impression from the articles that that was based on just the fact that she's wanting to educate children on sex. And that's probably true. That's probably that's probably and, all that they care the, about. The one video on that article um, has her talking about masturbation and how it's not a bad thing. And that's all she's really that saying. Masturbation is not a bad thing. Oh my god, you're teaching kids to get themselves off. They don't need to teach kids that. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I I, 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 I disagree. Know. 
um, I think I think it's important to reiterate for kids that it's okay because yeah. it's so easy to scar them for life at that age. Right. Awesome. A couple Ralph Bakshi pictures, movies. I mean, there are a lot of people who think that talking about kids and sexuality in any way is a pedophilic thing. Yeah. Well, we had the big problem over here. We had a few liberals busy talking about how let's start doing sex education in kindergarten age-appropriate sex education in kindergarten. And the consumers were like, oh my God, you're, going to, you're trying to teach them how to have sex? It's like, no, age-appropriate. In kindergarten, It's the, the, the idea was this is your body. You have control over it. Do not let other people touch it, stuff like that. That's what they wanted to teach kindergartens, which is logical. That's what you a want boy, to teach A boy has a penis, a girl has a vagina. That's going to ruin yeah. them for life if they hear that. And that you don't touch someone else's body without their permission. <laughs> that's perfect for kindergartners. And that's what they were saying, that we want age-appropriate sex education. Oh, my God, sex education for kindergartners. That's so horrible. It's like, no, <laughs> it's logical. We want them that's to be rational that the people. There. What was that, Mad Cat? I said it's better than saying that the stork is standing there waiting until they have a ch- it has a chance to take your eggs and sperm so that it can hold <laughs> on to it until there's an actual baby and bring it to you. Right. <laughs> but the... Conservatives Wait, have so such you, weird. You mean I mean, I mean, you mean I've been bringing a stork into the bedroom under false uh, <laughs> assumption there. The stork. I, I, was, I was wondering. I was, you know, we tried a number yeah. of ways to to uh, uh, include the stork in the process. Uh, it hasn't really worked out all that. Dumbass. Well. We're not judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're doing, the privacy of your own bedroom with with, with a uh, willing stork. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got his consent. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, one of the things I, I and we've talked about this um, on different podcasts, I and mean, we know that comprehensive sex education keeps kids safer, right? Yep. They, they, um, and we know that they will, uh, when you do that in general, they choose to have sex later, right? Um, and, and when they do, they use protection and common sense, right? So they're much less likely to get STDs and pregnant. It lowers birth rates. I mean. It, it, it it makes so it much sense. Well, yeah, and the other thing is that when you tell somebody that um, they can't do this, only adults are doing it, but you can't. Well, what do you think kids are going to do? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, this is why absence only does not work. You know, I mean, th- this is a huge problem down here in Texas. But I tell you what, Poland makes Texas look good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a scary thing to say. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you can look at some of this other stuff, too. Like, um, I mean, this is something that you probably might see in the States. The government has slashed fun- funding for uh, groups helping battered women and stuff, uh, which you might see that in the States. But um, also, uh, late last year, uh, the Law and Justice Administration presented a draft law that sought to exclude one-time beating of a spouse from the definition of domestic violence. Uh, Yeah, and that was withdrawn due to outrage from human rights groups. But yeah, the the current government in Poland is really doubling down on far-right conservative ideals. So they're okay with women being beaten? Well, as long as the guy only does it once, I suppose. But how do you know he's only done it once? (laughs) Because he says so. We we trust (laughs) the words of men in this society, bad cat. Right, you can, you can. Okay, so you can only do it once, so you better do it really well. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but you got to go by the biblical standard. They can't die within two days, right? Oh, okay. But how big is a stick supposed to be? Because you can apparently use a stick. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 I hesitate no to even. Than your I hesitate to even joke 
about such things, right? Because <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it, the, the abuse of women, you know, that is so. Prevalent. Yeah, it's it's it, it's it's prevalent and it's overlooked. How awful it is, and some of the things that people will say about women that that we just let pass, right? Yep. It's a it, and well, like people saying rape and uh, not even knowing what in the world it means, just saying, oh, rape, rape means this, rape means that. They and they're joking around as if it's nothing. Right. I mean, so look at, um, and you look at the Daily Mail. But they've done it, you know. Yeah, they don't see it as a problem. No. Yeah. The first, um, on the Daily Mail, the first comment, it's it, from, a, the the username is American Observer. I'd like to put some polish on her cube. Wow. Yeah. And okay. People were probably going, ooh. Uh, Eric V., what is the danger in, in using condoms? I mean, that's a good question. He, so there, he's fine. But the next one from the same guy, is she also spreading the progressive liberal myth that there are more than two genders? Well, Eric V. needs to go back to his biology class <laughs> because it, because we're finding that it is a spectrum, right? That it's not so simple as boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. That, you know, that, well, I guess sex and gender are two different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, that that's all uh, effete, educated stuff. I mean, like, it's a, it's the simple, down to earth values that we should be embracing, right? Well, nuance takes time, and if people don't want to put in time to learn the differences, it's so much easier to have a blanket statement about things, yeah. right? It's so it's so much easier to go. There's just two genders. There's boys and girls. That's it. Mm-hmm. And and if you know, and even if that's not true. It's much more complicated, and it takes time. So why bother? Mm. Well, I mean, if it's not affecting me, I, I can just go on, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, uh, looking at uh, this uh, Anja Rubik's, uh, what, what she's done here, apparently um, a couple years ago, she uh, she participated in uh, a march to defend women's rights uh, to um, abortions, uh, protesting the government. Um, and um, uh, yes, uh, she's also written a sex ed book which has sold 130,000 copies, and she sent 1,000 copies to uh, public schools, uh, which is when the backlash came. So it's exactly putting her money where her mouth is. It's not just like she sent back and doing a one-time thing and walking away. It's like, no, she's very active in the movement and very much trying to fix things. That's really awesome. And she has 14 short videos about uh, sex that we were talking about. uh, so like, you know, like, uh, so, some content, not, a, not a whole lot of in-depth content. It sounds like since the, the, the videos look to be like about a minute long or so. Um, but she's definitely putting stuff out there and, uh, uh, she, her sex ed book is, has become pretty popular. So here's, I want to, I want to shame some commenters still because, hmm. the, um, let's see, this is Jagstar 69. Really, she's a she's a model, and then somebody else who's going to try to pronounce it. Their their thing is exactly. It's like, well, how what is how does what she look like have any relevance to the topic? Yeah, right. So I mean, the, I know comments are where discourse goes to die. I I, I get it. And the final comment: stick to modeling, Miss Rubik. Well, okay. I, I suppose fair enough that. Um... Uh, she's not a sex education expert, and uh, it's f- fair enough to like 
be suspicious of people who are talking about things that they're not uh, expert in, but um, you got to look at what they what they have to say. And like, if it's the same thing that the professionals are saying, then you don't have much to go on there. I think. Right, but the yeah. commenters the commenters aren't going at it from that angle, right? They're not they're not saying, well, you know, based on these things, you know, this is where she's getting it wrong. They're just denigrating her one for doing it, right, and two for you know for the fact that she's a model doing it. I mean, it, it the only the only thing that the model does the fact that she's a model gives her a platform, and this is how she's chosen to use it. Apparently, it, and uh, this tra- strikes me as very Orwellian. Apparently, there is a state-run institute that uh, labels uh, po- certain Polish people as unsuitable promoters of Poland. And Rubik has been uh, labeled with this moniker, uh, as well as the previous Polish prime minister. What moniker have they been brushed with? Unsuitable promoter of Poland. Okay. You know, this, this harkens back to things we hear in the United States, too, when people disagree with each other, right? You know, it, yeah. you and conservatives really like to to do this. You know, well, we're the real Americans. If you don't, if you don't yeah, agree with I, us, I, you're I, not really an American. And this is put out by a, by a state-run institute. If politicians are just saying this person uh, isn't a true Poland Polish person or a true American, they're they're a bad promoter of our values. That that's fine. But you know, make it a, a state-run institute to to put that out. That is chilling. Yeah, and she is promoting discourse, right? Which mm-hmm. it's happening. Unfortunately, some of it's not productive, but uh, some of it is. Some, I mean, some of it's getting out there. Some of it must be working. But the question is: Is anything that yeah, she's apparently doing there, here illegal? Apparently, there's a demand for her books anyway, which yeah. is a positive sign. That is a positive sign. I'm wondering if if any of this is illegal in Poland, right? Is there anything that they can do to her other than just try to publicly shame her, like they're already doing? I don't know. Uh, governments can do uh, like like. Um, yeah, they can do a lot if they're uh, not watched and held back by uh, a watchful public. Sure. Um, and hopefully they don't have a critical mass that they can do, just run ramshaw, do whatever they want. But they, uh, they do seem to be doing a, a lot to... Try to shut um, her up, but she's yeah. working against that. Yeah, I mean, clearly. And um, in, in when I watched yeah. the one video on here, it's not just her. She had several other people... And I don't know if any of them were experts or not. There's another one down here, a video from a painter. Uh, Polish painter highlights masturbation in Poland, sex ed clip. And, yeah, it's a and she's movement. calling masturbation natural and stuff like that. So so this seems to be a movement of different people coming out and doing this, too. It, we're, we're highlighting one, but it seems like there might be some other people doing it. I mean, a Polish painter, at least. So hopefully other people will, will do this as well and, and they can have a real impact. I- they're probably using her as the head, well, she probably wanted herself, but being a supermodel, you just put supermodel in front of something, and people look at it and go, what is this? And she's doing very well. I'm not saying anything against it. I would use I would use it as well to get my word out about something if I was a supermodel, which I'm not anywhere near. Uh <laughs> But, I mean, uh, and, I, and I guess we should, should address, too, like in the skeptical community, there is a lot of people who, who will point out, like especially with Jenny McCarthy, that, oh, that person's a celebrity doesn't mean that you need to listen to them. And that's true, right? I mean, the, the, yeah. even even in this situation, we think that what she's saying is probably correct, but it still needs to be backed up by experts, right? Her yes. what, Her opinion on this is not good enough. 
Um, and here, in, and that's the problem with Jenny McCarthy. McCarthy is that she's not backed up by by any scientific evidence, right? The, the, mm-hmm. However, do we know that? There's other people behind her doing stuff as well, so who are they? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm I saying. Who are, the, who are the people exactly. who are telling her this stuff? Well, the other people who was working with her on... On the video. On the videos and stuff. Yeah, it's very likely that... Okay. that, that and the problem is that this is coming out of Poland, and I don't my, – my Polish sucks. It's worse than my English. So getting getting those kinds of answers, that kind of nuance is more difficult, I think, right? Maybe maybe she is. Maybe there are a bunch of really good sex educators behind her that, you know, and that are using her as a platform, as a sounding board. I don't know. Either which way, if they are, good for them. I mean, trying to get the word out and – Using sure. it in such a way that you're doing it in a positive manner and you're having someone, some type of celebrity who's not, I mean, a huge, huge celebrity like the Arnold. I, I guess, you know, to Dumbass's point, she's, you know, it's, it's easy to come out and say when somebody's saying something you like, that person good. And when they come out and say something you don't like, say that person bad. You know, with Jenny McCarthy, her intentions are actually good. It's just the problem is the scientific evidence doesn't back her up, right? In this right. case, in this case with um, with you know with uh, rubric, the scientific information does back her up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not about it's not about the person; it's about the information that they're giving out, and that's really where the conversation needs to be, not about the exactly. person. Yeah. No, that that's true. And um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna gonna say that you know, like people, you. Uh, you might be tempted to say that, oh, this person isn't an expert. We shouldn't listen to them, uh, a la Jenny McCarthy. Uh, but I, I don't think that's the right right approach. The right approach is to I, I don't look either. at I, it, yeah. see if there is any merit. I don't. I mm-hmm. hope that's not what I'm saying. Cause no, I, no, I, I don't. I don't think it is what you're saying. Actually, okay. I, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm just. It's just something that I've noticed uh, in certain places that yeah. uh, people will just dismiss Jenny McCarthy as she has no idea what she's talking about because uh, she's not an expert. She has a child with autism. I mean, th- you've got to have some, you know, some sympathy um, for her. Wasn't he healed from it somehow? <sighs> Whatever. No, that, he can't I, be healed from thing, it. Somehow I he know. no longer has it. Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy has gone back and forth on this. It was autism. Then you know, their child was a star child. Then they were healed by a diet. Right. I, I don't know. Here's the thing. She has a child that is different and whether that and, and whether it's autism or something else, she's she's trying to deal with that. Right. And if and if she really feels that vaccines are what caused it, then she's doing what she feels is right. And all I'm saying, and I don't think Jenny McCarthy is a bad person. I just think her information's bad. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, whether a person is an expert is uh, something to take into account when you're listening to somebody speak, uh, but it's not the only thing to take into account. Right, exactly. But yeah, it's it's easy to bash Jenny McCarthy. Because mm-hmm. we have, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and I make no apologies for it. <laughs> no, exactly, right? I mean, she, it's still bad information, right? And she said some really mm-hmm. stupid things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can call her out for her stupid things. But shes I don't think she's malicious. That's, that's, right. my, that's where I'm getting at. Mm. Very true. I don't think she's trying to endanger children, but I think that's the result. Penis enlargement craze prompts a warning due to men's injecting cooking oil into their genitals. What is going on here, dumbass? <laughs> this is happening in Papua New Guinea, uh, where apparently there has been some sort of uptick, a little bit of a craze in DIY penis enlargements, <laughs> which a lot of them apparently involve 
in uh, injecting an array of substance uh, into their penis, uh, including uh, silicon, coconut oil, baby oil, and cooking oil. And people, in general, DIY penis anything is probably not a good idea. <laughs> you know what? D- DIY for most kinds of surgery is probably not a good idea. <laughs> I mean, like popping a pimple, sure, the DIY, but... <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to things, injecting most... stuff into that area of your body, you have a professional around and listen to them. Don't <laughs> uh, so, um... have a professional around. Have the professional do the stuff and don't do this. You might actually also make sure that they're a professional and not a quack. <laughs> that a is doctor, true. A doctor in the ca- country's capital city of Port Moresby said that over the last two years, his clinic has treated more than 500 men who are suffering the effects of ill-invived penis injections. Wow. Uh, can cause painful ulcers, which eventually burst to swelling, uh, lumps on the penis and te- testicles, and in some cases, lifelong impotence. Oh. Oh. It's, uh, yeah, it's not a pretty oh, picture to imagine. Weird. Maybe we maybe we, we should uh, put a, a, a little bit of a warning before this. <laughs> we we did put a warning behind it. Amateur skeptics. It was there. It's implied. <laughs> Come near our podcast. It's your own fault. I think it's implied. If they've gotten this far, they shouldn't be shocked. <laughs> in that case, I will read this quote. A good number are coming in with ulcers. They eventually burst open, said Dan Locke. Some of them have difficulty urinating because the foreskin is so swollen it cannot contract. Wow. <laughs> Can you? Oh my God! And there's a case for um. Predominantly, they regret regret what they have done. He said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to put another section. You know, but not do not put this in the vagina. Do not put this in the penis. I just want to remind all Papua New Guinea men of something that Ron Jeremy said, and he had a big penis, or probably still does. I have gotten more women women off with my tongue than I ever have my penis. Ron Jeremy. And if you recall, a while back we did talk about um, the increasing trend of women cheating on the husbands because the husbands were too big. <laughs> yeah, we did. And painful. There is that. Big is not always better. Yeah. Tell, don't tell that to a Texan because you don't want to have the conversation. <laughs> that That's a conversation with the Texan. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, last, uh, the last sentence in this. Um, a lot of time we're having to remove the whole penis shaft skin and regraft it with skin from elsewhere in the body. Can you imagine? So it could be grafting from the leg or the bottom of the foot or something like that. It's not a pretty picture. No, you... no, not at all. Next time you go to buy cooking oil, there's going to be a warning on the side of this that says, do not inject into <laughs> penis. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like the internal use only doesn't work in this case, does it? <laughs> no, no. Oh man! Not unless you're putting it into a chicken breast, and the chicken is dead, and you're cooking the damn thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. Just... <laughs> All right. Just using a needle and putting it under the skin of the shaft. Yeah, the article doesn't go into detail on exactly how they're doing it, but I'm sure so, there must be like uh, there must be some instruction manual that they're following in order to do this. Some sort of like underground like 
PDF or something that they downloaded yeah, from some disreputable site. If they're getting you know, what, 500 in the last year or something like that, that 700 means... inquiries in the last month be, um, between them the compared month. to fewer than 10 in 2015. So, so basically that means someone somewhere is spreading the idea around that you, yeah. this works. And the, 700 in a month. Wow. Right. So uh, this is, yeah. Two companies operating in the UK told the BBC in October last year they re- they were receiving... 700 inquiries a month between them, these two companies. Wow. So if there's a third mm-hmm. company, you'd have to add it to that total. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. I mean, it's, it's hard. To, what, what are you going to say? You just sit here in awe going, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I got to tell you, this picture from, what's it? It's the Inside Japanese Manual Penis Festival. That big old pink phallus is fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is one of those cases of um, proving Darwin right, survival of the fittest. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're going to be messing around with thinking, hey, let's shoot some oil in there just to make it bigger, you're probably killing your chance of reproducing fairly effectively. I'm trying mm. to imagine. I mean, the, the it must be the – it's not the oil itself. It's probably the impurities in the oil that are causing yeah. problems. Well, also, you know. Dirty needles and stuff are going to cause problems. Sure. Injecting any kind of funky stuff into your bloodstream – yeah, you know, yeah, that's not how blood works, you know. Right. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Don't inject semen in there. Don't inject oils in there. It's just <laughs> silicon. It was on that list. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to flow through your blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we can move on. There's the one. There's nothing more to say. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think. <laughs> Let's see. Respond. Fe- respond. Response. Fetus. Vaginal music. Baby pod, music yeah, is uh, life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, this is a this is a product that uh, I discovered a while back. Like uh, I think we talked about it a slight bit, and it's actually uh, a lot more interesting than I thought it would be. I've looked up stuff about this. Um, uh, I've uh, put a link there to the um, they, they've got like kind of a fact about this baby pod. It's um, it, it's it's a music player are uh, meant to insert up their vagina in order to play music for their baby impetus behind this is a study they did. Uh, it was actually uh, given an Ig Nobel Prize. Um, and if you uh, don't know, like the Ig Nobel Prize is uh, all about uh, research that makes people laugh and then think. Yep. And it, it, it's an interesting study. What, what it actually showed was that uh, I think it was um, that uh, babies are able to hear sound 16 weeks, was it? Let me let me just look up the 16 thing weeks. The report explains that uh, beginning in week 16 of pregnancy, a response exists to music delivery uh, intervaginally expressed through specific moments of the uh, of the month of the mouth and uh, specific movements of the mouth and tongue. And uh, it's it's definitely an interesting correlation. I mean, I I think you'd probably want confirmation of this with more studies, but uh, I I guess um, it shows. I'm not sure how much it relates to the ear because a baby would might be able to still hear the vibrations if you put like music playing inside the vagina, and maybe that's what's going on there. Does it have to be? Um, does it have to be intervaginally? I mean, what? It's not something you can just put on the on, top on the, of their tummy. Yeah, I mean, is that not going to have a similar effect? Uh, that that that's what this test was about. Actually, okay. they they it tested it uh, with uh, putting it like above the the belly and such. And they found uh, that that uh, didn't uh, have much of an effect. But when they put uh, the music inside the vagina, 
that it seemed to have an effect on uh, what the baby was doing. So here's what I'm going to say about this product. Is that cord that's attached to the speaker looks a little flimsy to me. If you're if you're sticking mm-hmm. stuff in the vagina, I think I'd like that a little bit more, <laughs> a little more sturdy. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, the 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 interesting part for me, I don't think that this research really backs up uh, any effect for the baby pod. Uh, I think this research oh, this research shows that there's some kind of effect. It doesn't show that uh, the effect is uh, uh, in any way positive, or even that it'll really have any kind of effect on the baby after it's born. What about my new product of my wireless Bluetooth Benoit balls or, or Kegel ball? What do you hmm. think? So I put a speaker inside uh, the, inside the, inside, you know, so that you can, you know, you know if it, if it, if it dual use it's, while it's, you're doing it, you, yeah. if you feel that throughout your body. That might be, that might be kind of cool. This way it's dual use, right? You can do two things at once. Hmm. All right. I, but, I'm going to uh, patent that. So nobody take that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, an interesting study. It won an Ig Nobel Prize. Yeah. But I do have concerns about, uh, is this baby pod uh, in in any way a useful product? And I I have my doubts about that. Yeah, I would too. And is there any use to it? Yes, we know the baby responds to it, but but is it really of any value? Right, exactly. I, I think there's something to be said that, you know, that the baby might be hearing the parents, you know, so, you know, that maybe that's a good thing. I mean, and and it's possible that the reason that the baby is more active when you do this is because it's feeling discomfort over this. Well, that could be true, true. Oh, the, the, yeah, they put yeah. Mozart, the heavy Mozart. Doo, doo, doo. It's like, yeah, the kid's going to react. I react to that. <laughs> Beethoven's Fifth. Yeah, heavy music. Yeah. You know, Metallica. Why don't you just put, you know, hard rock punk in there, you know? They're, they're hypotheses that apparently... That music elicits a response which, ma- which manifests as vocalization movements as the mu- music stimulates brain circuits responsible for language and communication. Uh, that, that's their hypothesis. Like I feel like they're stretching, but that's... I thought, yeah, that, that's, their, that's their hypothesis, and that's what they're basing this whole thing on. I think their hypothesis is kind of flimsy. If you go but... put some music in there, put some music in that the kid will like. It looks like the screaming. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's but apparently they've got they've got a a um a diagram here of a fetus with different parts of the developing brain labeled, okay. which is kind of interesting. But uh, I, I still I still don't think that uh, that they've done their a- adequate homework to justify this product. No, but that's why they got no, an egg Nobel. No, they just wanted product. Yeah, but I mean, it is like like you say. I mean, first you laugh and then you kind of think, well, I mean, what's going on here, right? I mean, that's why. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Well. It could be a good idea in a way, but like I said, don't don't put that music in there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, it's I don't know. Loud. Well, you don't like the egg Nobels. I, I, I don't. I don't know exactly what music they played in their tests, so it could have been just soft I, stuff. Or... I played the uh, the video for myself oh, okay. just a and the first sound was that that big loud doom. And the child opened its mouth and looked like it was screaming. <laughs> so. uh, the baby pod is $150, which uh, seems like an expensive waste of money. Uh, you're not sure it's going to do anything for your baby. Please. Say it again. Please what? Stop. Say it into the mic. Into the mic. Please stop. I'm. <laughs> I was trying to get her to say, please stop. I'm bored. You know, for like the Ig Nobels. Have, have you listened to the Ig Nobels? Oh. So, no, I haven't. Oh, my God. Can I talk about the Ig Nobels for a moment? Are we done with? 
Yeah, okay, yeah, we, we, we can finish up. Yeah. I, I don't think I have anything more to say about that. Go ahead and talk about the Nobel. Okay, so they, they, they have a presentation every year, and I forget which college it is. So you, you, they, they have, um, and, it, and it's, it's this goofy presentation thing. And so everybody who won, who won an Ig Nobel has a chance to come up and present. And, but yet, the, and they have a 12 year old girl who sits off to the side. And when she and when she's had enough, she she says into the microphone, microphone, please stop. I'm bored. Please stop. I'm bored. So the presenters have to entertain a 12 year old to continue talking, essentially. (laughs) And and believe me, and believe me, they get bored quick. So these presenters have to get up. They have to be quick and concise to to get their point across. Um, I think that if the audience gets bored with them, they can throw paper airplanes at the presenter to get them off the stage. Uh, they might have discontinued that. And they have, they have, um, I and I have, the, I have the opening speech to the Ig Nobels memorized. You want to hear it? Oh, they can throw. The, it's it's yeah. it's it's the welcome speech. Would you like to hear the okay. welcome speech of the Ig Nobels? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Welcome, welcome. That's it. That's all Very it is. <laughs> so it's just goofy stuff like that. I mean, it. it if you're interested in listening to it, every year Science Friday puts it out. So, so every year that you know it gets recorded whenever it comes out, and then it comes out on thanks in on Thanksgiving week. So that's always the Thanksgiving week show on Science Friday. Is is the recording of the Ig Nobels, and it's a it's just I mean, and the and some of the presenters are of course really good um, to listen to, and some of them. You know, not so much. They they aren't really prepared for the format, and some people just are 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 just um, they they totally reject it. You know that they don't want to have anything to do with the Ig Nobels, but the but the they still get the award anyway, even if they even if they refuse to accept it. <laughs> so Nobel yeah, and and at the and at the very end, you know, of course they they say, um, if you uh, if you didn't win an Ig Nobel, and especially if you did. Better luck next year. <laughs> so they, they don't take themselves all that seriously, and they really are looking for stuff that at first you go that that makes you laugh, and then and then you have to think about it. Well, okay, is this interesting? Like the the one that I that I remember best is the woman who um, her bra is two air filters. So so um, you know if there were to be something were to happen, she had the the woman's bra could be used as two air filters. <laughs> Wow. Exactly. Majorly, but then in certain places that could be useful, it's right? Cool. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I, 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 I always I enjoy enjoy listening to the Ig Nobels and um I, I, I don't know when they won this award. I imagine it was this year. So so you if they accepted the award and are willing to do it, the, the presenters will be at the Ig Nobels to present this and they have a very short amount of time to get up and talk about their product. Um mm. the other thing that they do at the Ig Nobels is They'll have somebody give an explanation for 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 their research in a very scientific way, and then they have to give it to it in a way that you know anybody can understand. And the and the contrast between the two things is is usually really fabulous. It's a lot of fun to listen to. I really enjoy it. Here's one: Ig Nobel Prizes 2017. Prizes were awarded for the study of cheese-related disgust, the effect of crocodile handling. And the discovery of female penises and male vaginas in cave insects. Wow. Okay. Right. So I, I was trying to get Ileana to to come to say into the mic, "Please stop. I'm bored. Please stop. I'm bored." Just like they do with the Ig Nobels. But she I, she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't get her to do it. Partially. I, I heard her say it over. There. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how it comes out. <laughs>
Because I thought, because to me that cracked me up because the the presentation of the Nig Nobels. It's worth a listen. So this was an interesting thing I ran across. A uh, whole thing on Raggedy Ann, and I went and did some research, and it, it it's interesting, the, the truth behind it and the myth and stuff. So the myth is that the Raggedy Ann doll, which I don't know, I'm guessing it's also famous in Canada, but it, it's been losing its fame all in all. But it was a big deal for quite a while, and it was created about 100 years ago. But the myth says the creator of it created it after the passing of his daughter due to a forced vaccination. And that the doll being limp and having um, lifeless eyes is supposed to be a political statement regarding vaccination. So that's the myth. That's um, the whole story that's been brought up. The reality was, yes, the creator's daughter did die due to after receiving a vaccination due to complications that are have a million different um, stories of exactly what she died of. That's one of the more interesting things. There's actually no concrete thing of this is what she died of the, um, or how she got the infection and all everything that went with that, her actually dying. But yes, she did die after getting a vaccination from her school that she was her parents did not approve. But that was fairly common at the time, apparently. The doll itself had been created and invented before that and was already, he was patenting it and already working on it before she died. So there's no connection there at all that the doll represents anything to do with um, vaccination. Now, like I said the interesting thing is the different stories that come out um, exactly, you know, the, the whole background. Some stories are claiming that this was their only daughter, but they, apparently they had two sons. And this, this wasn't an only child. Is what they say. There's uh, the only child died, blah blah. Now they had two other sons. It did hurt, you know. Everything says they were pretty heartbroken, and they were anti-vaxxers in the aftermath of it. But yeah, in this case, you can understand where it came from. But we're also dealing with 100 years ago, where the vaccinations were different, and we've progressed quite a bit. So, and that was another interesting thing: is this argument being used by modern-day anti-vaxxers to defend anti-vaxxing? But and then, like I said, this was an interesting to do the research because there's so many stories out there about it, and you really have. This is one of those cases where you really have to go through all of them to find the facts and to find out what really happened. So, mm. hmm. yeah. So I, I guess did, there are I a lot of. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say I hadn't actually heard heard this. I had a raggedy and uh, raggedy. I don't know a raggedy Andy as as a child, and because yes, my grandma uh, raggedy Ann's brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, he was introduced about uh, the stories talk about. He was introduced like five, ten years after Raggedy Ann became yeah. a hit. So my grandmother was the one that you know gave my sister and I these dolls, and so I remember getting them. But I, I didn't, I didn't have any connection to them. And there were some cartoons I remember with the yeah. you know, that came out at some oh, point. There's one, there's one that uh, dumbass and I remember. Oh my god, that was funny. <laughs> oh, they've got it on YouTube actually. Like an old, it's like from the late seventies, I think, and it was like. A family classic that we had in our video library for a long time, a Raggedy Ann and Andy cartoon adventure. That it was like psychedelic and weird, but you know, like uh, also so much uh, nostalgic songs from my childhood. I'm just a rag dolly. Oh, that was the interesting thing doing the research. It also references to Raggedy Ann and Andy and their history and how they developed is all you know part obviously connected to it. That, that um, movie was pretty much the original Toy Story. <laughs> it had all the dolls in the nursery come to life and do stuff. 
when Is Marcella that the one was where they like find, found a camel friend while they were out. Yeah, yes, yes, that's the one. Yeah, that's okay. the one. <laughs> and the, the camel thing. friend is always hallucinating about other camels leading him home. Right. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, so so there's a bit of a darkness to the the real stories, and it's definitely interesting to have something that that you know in, in our culture that we don't know some of the history connected to it. And that was all the more reason why I found this to be something I wanted to really look up and see what was out there. Well, we don't know what – she had a bad reaction to a vaccine. We, do we know what vaccine? It was smallpox vaccine. Small, we know okay. that. They did – I'm trying to remember the whole thing. What was put on the death certificate was kind of just plain you know, nothing specific. And do we know, was there a and settlement with the vaccine court at that time? Or did, and did it even exist? So we have a special vaccine court that deals with these kinds of things. Mm. And so I don't know when that came to be. So I don't know. Right. It's, it's possible that it wasn't around at this time. So, I mean, there are issues occasionally with vaccines, and they do have a vaccine right. court that specifically deals with these issues. But I, sus- I thought that any time that, that something was settled by a vaccine court, that it was um, uh, that it was um, – sealed and and you couldn't get to it but i don't know that that i don't know that's necessarily true i don't know enough about the vaccine court yeah i uh, there's been no references that in any of it most of the stuff comes from what her father said at times and he claims that he had i think was six people come in and look at her after she died all but one determined that yes this was um vaccine related and the one that didn't say anything was connected to the school board and so you know of course, this is the father's claim of who he had come in, right. not from the hospital, which also adds certain things to it. And that's one of the big problems with this is the way it was done and everything else, there's not a clear story. There's speculation that could have been an infected needle, which we, we're much more sanitary now than we were 100 years ago. We know that. Sure. So that's really almost a non-issue. There were some issues with the vaccine itself at the time. It wasn't necessarily the rarest of things for um, them to be complications like this. Right. I mean, uh, I think, you know, was a Guillain-Barre's disease is, is common with, uh, I mean, it's particularly common with flu vaccinations and stuff like that, but I think other vaccinations can cause that. And we know we're much better at treating that now, but I don't think we originally were. Right. Right. And if you go to all, you said this was like a hundred years ago and that's like pretty much just like the dawn of the uh, golden age of medicine where they were just figuring out like ways to like really save people's lives rather than right. stay marred in uh, the you know like leeches and blood drawing and stuff. And of course, um, yeah. being the society we are, there's a whole bunch of speculation as exactly what she got because um, the, okay, it was heart disease that was listed on the death certificate. That was it. Heart disease killed her. Heart failure. Yeah. Or heart disease or um, heart failure. Heart disease is what really? the articles are saying. Well, that's strange. Yeah, well, and it's very vague, but they didn't quite know what it was or what it sounds like. So you, you can go through all these articles I posted. Some of them will go into the different theories of what it really was. S- some of them do say this could have been caused by the vaccination, and it does happen. And it's you know regretful. No one's sitting there saying yay for complications. Like I said, once more, the, one of the biggest problems is it happened 100 years ago. We know we've improved since then. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's one of the big lessons you got to take from it is like, no, you can't use this as your argument. But I mean, also, it's the case like even even back then when the uh, methods weren't as good, still a um, a question of uh, which one is safer, like um, yeah. to to like uh, protect against uh, a disease that uh, 
causes so much suffering or like yeah, have so a, an even smaller possibility of having something like this happen. It's a, it's it's a it's not a question of any choice being perfectly safe. It's a question of which one is the most safe. Right. You know, smallpox is not a mild disease. No, no. I mean, we're <laughs> we're, we're talking about uh, measles these days and like uh, railing against parents who don't uh, vaccinate their children against measles. But measles is nothing compared to smallpox. Yeah. yeah. You know, smallpox. We we luckily have not had to deal with, but it. Everything that is out there, it was nasty, it was painful, it was deadly. <laughs> and, you know, we've, we've practically eradicated it. I think you know, still a little bit hanging around in the world. We're not I think losing... they've got some smallpox in labs, but I, I, I think, like, uh, for the public, it's being, like, eliminated. Yeah. But it, it's something we're not losing thousands of kids a year to. Right. And, you know... No, they did it. They eradicated it. You're right. They 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 have specimens in labs, but it, we have not had one in the public since. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, in 1966, smallpox still remained an endemic in 33 countries. In 1966, really? I know that. Yeah, my mom has a scar from um from getting the uh vaccination to smallpox. I yeah, didn't. Yeah, you I'm, get the. It was a big um round spot. Yeah. That you get. I have that too. Do you? Okay, the last naturally occurring case was diagnosed in October of 1977. So I was never and vaccinated certified for, for eradication that. in 1980. Okay, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I, I never got a um, a smallpox vaccination. I was born in 75. Oh. And risk of death in contracting the disease was 30 percent, with that's higher high, rates among yeah. babies. That's high. Mm. Yeah, that's really high. A lot higher than you'd expect. Uh, the uh, 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 any negative side effects from the vaccination, even that long ago when uh, they weren't as good. Right. And the thing is, is that at the start, when they started making these vaccinations, it took them time to figure out what was the best way in which to implement them. Right. Um, which one was the one that they used horses for? Uh, I think they used horses for a number of stuff. Uh, they, they used to use horses yeah, for... to, uh, to produce insulin, I remember. Uh, nowadays, I think uh, they mostly use eggs, right? To, uh, yeah, to, for the cultures. Eggs, but there are people yeah. allergic to it. Right. Right. So some, so there are people who can't get vaccinated because of egg allergies. That's why um, about five well, years then, ago, they were being asked if they had egg allergies first, because that was yeah. the substance they used as a um, growth mechanism. Yeah. And and uh, and that's why they have other alternatives too. Right. Yeah, and we don't have alternatives for every every vaccine, though. I mean, I I. I all the more reason why herd immunity is so important. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll end on that happy note. <laughs> Sounds Yay. good to me. All right. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. It's another one in the can. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight. Digital Portraitry.